0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the e4 Explosive podcast i know i've been away for a little while about three months i moved from colorado back to dc for a lot of good reasons i took a new job new exciting things happening and i wanted to come proper with the podcast um so i took a little hiatus so i apologize uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be back and today our first episode back is my good friend Gabrielle Balason who is from Naked and Afraid. She's been on I think 5 times now. She just did Naked and Afraid XL Frozen where she spent 14 days in Montana in 20 degree weather or less than 20 degree weather. It was it's insane. Grizzly bears, mountain lions, beavers, rabbits, all kinds of stuff that it's I'm not doing that, right? I'm not doing that. I'll let her do it, I'll talk to her, she'll tell me her experience. It was a pleasure to have her on the show and I really, really love talking to Gabby. She's an awesome person, she's an attorney, she's a survivalist, she's a mom, she's a wife, she's she's a true badass. Do not forget to like and share this video. Hit that bell notification so you get notified every single time that this face comes on that. On your camera, on your laptop, wherever you're watching. Make sure you hit that bell notification so you know that I'm there, right? A lot of content coming your way. A lot of really good new guests that I've never interviewed before. If you're a big Below Deck fan, if you're a big 90 Day Fiance fan, I'm a reality TV junkie. So I love talking to these people because I just love to hear the nitty gritty and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and what's real and what's not real. So get out or watch out for a lot of those things that are coming your way. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast with Gabby Balasone. I'll see you guys next time. Peace out. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast. I'm Corey, and today we have once again, for a second time, Gabby Balasone from Naked and Afraid, amongst other things that she's done. Um, and thank you so much again for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, last time we were in person and we talked; that was crazy stories. But mm-hmm. now you are—you just got done a Naked and Afraid XL Frozen Edition where they put your crazy asses in Montana, which the consensus was everybody was like, like the jungle was nothing compared to the cold in Montana. So I'll let you tell those stories, but thank you for, for being uh, on the show again. I appreciate
1: it. Hey, Corey, thanks for inviting me back. I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about naked and afraid. So the first time that we talked, uh, there was a spider in your house. I specifically remember this incident. You picked it up with your, your hands. um, And I almost threw up in my mouth Um, and you just, it was like a wolf spider. You you picked it up and you just took it outside and let it go. And I'm like, I basically would have passed out, but that's just a small piece of like, like who you are, and what you're, you're just not scared of anything. And when you're watching the show and I'm seeing you you are a, you're literally a badass. Like, like nothing phases you when they're cutting back. And and I know, I'm jumping around a little bit, but the first thing that sticks out to me when I watch you is like, everyone else is like hyperventilating about to pass out dying, like look like shit. And you're, you literally look the same. Like you literally like same face. You're like, all right, this is it. This is another day. Like it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think, I think that's one of my best survival skills is just like the ability to stay calm under pressure and, um, and problem solve. Right. So yeah. if you feel competent and confident in your ability to problem solve, it's not all that bad, no. but um, yeah, we, I mean, our team got great systems in place from day one and you see us living pretty comfortable com- compared to some of the other groups out there.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. You uh, was it Joe, right? What was his name? joe and kai yeah joe kai yeah is she from here too i feel like you guys are hanging out a lot
1: so so we're buddies but she's actually from um australia she's in a place called um torquay i think it's outside of melbourne
0: nice she is she here though because you guys just did some stuff together right
1: she just flew out to la and she's on her way to fiji to teach her bible courses in fiji
0: jesus christ are you gonna write a book
1: I mean, look. If I keep hanging out with her, I'll have some good content.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say she's yeah, she's got a couple of books. But anyway, I, I did take some notes and stuff like that from when I was watching the show. And you know, the first thing, the first kind of crazy thing that happened with you guys in your camp was when Joe passed out, right? So,
1: yeah.
0: aside from the f- bear tracks and the scat, which I lived in Colorado for a year, so I know what scat is. Um, mm-hmm. That's bear bear poop, basically, um, mm-hmm. and the size of the paws like first of all gabby let me just say i'm terrified of <laughs> nature of bears specifically grizzly bears so that hump on the back yeah not no no and the fact that they were like 10 feet from your camp walking around please please take me there you
1: okay so first of all wait until you see episode six because it it gets crazier oh. i know you've only Live. so if you're afraid of bears and grizzly bears just keep on watching um absolutely like terrifying so what they, i don't know if they show it on there but there were where they they had these like prefab shelters up for us because when you think about it native americans would have had all summer to prepare for the winter months right and they would have had tons of pelts they would have had homes built all of these things they can't drop you in 25 degree weather naked and say, Hey, you got to survive from nothing. That's, that's just, I mean, everybody would be tapping out within 15 minutes. So what they had to do is give us some pelts and they had to give us, um, at least a, a form for a shelter. So we didn't have to procure the big logs ourselves. Right. But what they don't show is we had mountain lion tracks through the area where our shelter was right by that rock, um, like prints inside where the shelter was. Um, so that's terrifying because those suckers will sneak up on you and kill you before you even see them.
0: Bro, that's crazy. (laughs) So like that big because you guys had a good, like like the wind was a killer. So you guys strategically had a nice camp where like half your the whole side of the the camp was like covered by this rock. So the wind wasn't like penetrating you guys. So like you had tracks inside of your shelter. yeah, and
1: so no. with that that shelter location, look, it looks bomb, but those first, like, three days, the wind came from that valley where you see the frozen mm-hmm. lake, right, and it is like a wind tunnel, so we were in a place called Paradise Valley, Montana, just over, um, like, the northeastern gates of Yellowstone National Park, we were on an awesome farm, I'll tell you about that off camera, but, um, The wind was whipping through there like crazy. And it was coming from the direction of where the wood side of our shelter was, not where the rock was. So it was a wind tunnel. We actually got there and they had the configuration laid out and we changed the entranceway so that we could build the debris on the other side because it just wouldn't have worked with where the wind was. We also made it smaller. Um, They don't really show it on there, but we made it smaller so that we're not heating quite as large of an area. And then we just piled debris. I mean, it was like four foot thick. Um, We had full pines laying on that thing um and that's the only way you can protect yourself so that was pretty wild um yeah so I don't remember what the question was but that it that's wasn't how it
0: really started. a question it was just me panicking about uh mountain lion tracks that's a I saw a video the other day on tiktok of this guy who was hiking and he's just walking and walking and he like it was about to be at the end of the trailhead and he turns around and he he knew that the, the mountain lion was there the mountain lion was literally like uh, look like it was about to just jump him. And it's like, that thing has probably been tracking him since he got into the park. Exactly. They're so the,
1: fucking. The about them, if you turn your back on them, they, they look at you as prey. You're, you're moving away from them. They're going to ta- attack you just like they would a mouse, Bro. Right. Um, if you stand and look at them and kind of like your body, your body behavior doesn't, doesn't match what they think you should be doing as prey. They're going to be thrown off. Just like a, a house cat would be thrown off by a mouse saying, stop, you know? Right, right. Um, so. So, that, that's like our only defense against those suckers other than having a fire going um bears so before i went in um the bears were starting to come out grizzlies you No, know, everybody you know they're chattering at the local bars oh do you hear there's grizzlies you know down here in this basin and that basin and um just wait for episode six that's all i gotta
0: hey, say gabby so so what do they tell you uh because i i think like okay all bears are they're terrifying right they're, they, they, any bear could kill you no question but grizzly right. bears are just different they like look through you they they don't run and scurry for the most part they like they're like oh okay i'm gonna eat you now so like yep. what kind of stuff do they prep you for or do they just let you kind of do you know that survivor score which i think is like a total like not real
1: like monkey at a dartboard, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're
0: like, Oh, they have this expertise and it just went down 25 points. And I'm like, what the fuck? But but do, like, do, 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 do. Yeah. I'm like, well, th- that's not realistic, and, but like, are they giving you training and they giving you advice? Do you have bear spray in a bush around the corner? Like what's up with that? So,
1: of, so the, what I can say is when you have somebody there, um, at least our group had somebody with a sidearm. Um, the medic had a sidearm when he was there so that's nice, but he's there for like, from like nine to five, right? Wow. And he's not with you, so if you were to be out, you know, hiking through a valley and stumble upon a bear, um, he's not going to be there to unload that sidearm on that bear. Wow. Um, the other thing is, I think I think the producers were carrying bear spray. We didn't have any bear spray. Um, I honestly, I, we, we technically at night, we get like a walkie-talkie bag where we're, we have to phone in, um, but I don't think there was any bear spray in the walkie talkie bag so we would have just been sol we just got eaten
0: yeah probably of course they're right out of hibernation too they're like super hungry
1: yeah you
0: ever that seen time. grizzly man
1: i haven't should i watch that
0: oh my god you've never seen grizzly man
1: i don't watch any tv I'm old it's, movies. it's an
0: old documentary it's an old documentary it's um it's whoa like it's uh it's about this guy who would go to i believe yeah i think alaska every year uh, he was he was absolutely insane. He would, a plane would drop him off and then pick him up at the same time every year at the end of the season. He would literally live with the grizzly bears, and when I say live with them, I'm saying like they're all on the stream eating salmon. He's like in the stream recording. They're like fucking ten feet behind them. It is absolutely insane.
1: That is insane.
0: It's, it's crazy. I'm not gonna. Do you want me to tell you what happens?
1: I mean, he obviously gets killed by a grizzly bear. He
0: does get killed by a grizzly bear um wow. he gets eaten by it his girlfriend gets eaten by one um because oh, she comes to visit and then the, the airplane pilot comes to pick him up and he's like oh they're not they're dead and they know which one, they they, uh, they killed the bear because they know which one it was and it was the one that was kind of like eyeballing them throughout all the videos and stuff so the mother <laughs> Uh, oh yeah he was like dude why are you fucking here like, <laughs> <of> my <laughs> yeah. dude but he was like with them like i mean like literally feet from them just being like oh look how amazing they are i'm like bro you're not supposed to be here right now like no nope. no and and he so there's audio of the attack uh, because oh. the the filmmaker uh, who's a famous uh filmmaker he basically um told like gave the mom the footage and like apparently like she didn't want to hear it or whatever and like it never touched the surface but you can you can youtube it it's pretty fucking crazy you hear him literally screaming um it's just the audio i'm sure there is video but they're never going to show it um it's at night the bear just comes into his camp and just annihilates him it's and his girlfriend it's terrifying but that's what I i kept thinking when i'm watching you guys i'm like and like, and he was in a tent, and he, and he probably—I don't know if he had a firearm or not—but I was like, I just kept thinking, like, dude, if these bears, which I know they know you're there, of course, they could smell you from a mile away.
1: So a lot of it is too. Um, my understanding is, if they are, you know, startled by you, like you come up on them, um, you come around one of these rocky, you know, outcrops and they're, they're around the corner, they're eating something, they're tearing something apart. They have cubs there. Oh. Um, a lot of times that startle factor will have them turn on you and, you know, rip you apart.
0: Right. Yeah. That's what Maybe I mean too.
1: Just to, just to tear you apart.
0: Yeah. I think that that's what I, I like, like cubs and food are like mm-hmm. the two things that like they'll just, you know, like you said, set them off and just kind of go. And they're so, you know, what's crazy about those things. They're so quick. And so, um, oh, I'll run up a tree. Okay. The bear can climb up a tree, but they're so quiet the way that they're oh, paused. Yeah. Like, you literally, they'll be on you like that. And, like, you can't even hear them running through the, it's fucking bananas. Terrifying. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's scaring me. So, I'm never going to go on naked and afraid. I don't like to be naked and I don't like to be afraid. So, it's a, <laughs> it's
1: probably over you.
0: No, it's like, <laughs> I would literally have been like 10 minutes in, like, okay, guys, uh, <laughs> I call it quits. Because are are you like the when you guys had your when you first got there, the wind that was coming off that it was even colder because it was coming from the frozen lake, right?
1: Oh man, it was whipping. It was whipping really? through there. It was so cold. I mean, I can't ever remember being that cold. It was like physically, um, like hurting your hurt. You know, hurt hurting to to whip. I don't know. Hurt the touch. Hurt the hurt your skin. Really. Um, it, it, Yeah, absolutely. So we got there, um, immediately like cut holes, threw ponchos on, um, and then just started building the shelter up. Um, we thought about making shoes and we kind of looked at the materials, but making shoes is not a joke. It's a real skill.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So you see other people out there and you're going to see some stuff that comes out on episode six and maybe on the internet about how bad people's feet got out there. Um, I made shoes for my team. Um, Kai, Joe, and myself. And, um, they lasted from like night one to night to day 14. Um, and we could walk in them the whole time, never had to fix them, never had to, you know, all we did was after we were done wearing them for the day, we put them up over the fire so they could dry out and they kind of hardened back up and then went out in them again the next day. And they're like Ugg boots, literally they're, you know, they're, we made them out of the the shoulders of the bison. So like the shoulders and the legs are the toughest, thickest parts of the hide. Right. Um, and what I did was I watched like Inuit, um, like moccasin making right and um and native american moccasin making um videos on youtube before i left my mom was a seamstress when i was a kid and i cut up all of my old towels and like tried different patterns and tried to figure out what would work for me and my kids had a blast because they were like running around the house in little homemade towel moccasins for a couple days
0: so Um, you had it like already you already did you know that you were gonna have pelts and all that stuff or
1: so, so I knew that they wouldn't put you out there with nothing. They did a previous challenge in Alaska um, with Stephen Lee Hall Jr. and Lara Zara. And they dropped them up, you know, above the permafrost and they had them hike down. But they, they were also there in like August, which is right. a big difference from March, right? Um, and they were below the frost line, whereas we were above it the entire time.
0: Wow. That's crazy that you were, your mom was a seamstress. So like your skills, it's just funny, like you're put in these situations and like, skills that you probably would have never thought that you would use you are coming into play in these situations. And it's like, I would say like the things that I've seen you contribute to your team have been some of the more like kind of game changer things like, like shoes that last that long the entire, right. like that's crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes just having like a well-rounded skill base, not necessarily being like, like, so I was out there with Kai, Kai literally wrote the book on survival, right, Right. she wrote this beautiful survival guide, I have a copy right here, I can pull it over, but um, basically, um, you know, having those skills is awesome, but if you, if you can't, like, use practical knowledge and common sense knowledge out there, and, like, problem-solving skills, then that could be, like, the factor that makes or breaks a challenge, and I think, I'm able to contribute those things that are like kind of atypical in the survival community, um, which, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's a, it's a cool feeling to go out there and like, you know, them say, hey, you problem solved this. Like For example, we, ha- we had a bison, right? And um, you see a lot of these groups like struggling and the bison sliding all over them. And like, you know, obviously like, let's say you're in a really cold area, your sleeping bag has a big hole in the side and you have air coming in, a cold air coming in. Well, you know what you can do? you can sew up the size of that. So we caught it our bison bag and we, it trapped all the heat in. We'd have to like take the top off. <gasps> and like, it was just so, so hot.
0: What?
1: the um, fire. And, I mean, it was insane. We couldn't breathe in there. If you watch our video, you can see um, like one of us, whoever's feeding the fire is out from under the bison because it is so damn hot under that bison. They can't be in there.
0: Is that good though? Because you're so cold, right?
1: Well, I mean, so they'll show temperature sometimes. Our shelter is like 20 degrees warmer than the next warmest shelter.
0: What? Because so, of the bison.
1: Well, but no, no, I think, it's, I think it's because of our, like our insulation and our debris shelter. Um, and how, so we, we don't put rocks in front of our shelter because those, those rocks will actually absorb the heat. Um, what we have is, a, is an overhang, that rock overhang behind mm-hmm. it. So that kind of circulates, circulates your heat downwards. Mm-hmm. Um, we're laying, somebody's feeding the fire, but we never have a huge fire going. We're not doing like a trough fire that's like body length or anything like that. We have just a little tiny fire going. We have enough insulation on, on the outside that we don't have a wind whipping through. And it just made it incredibly warm in there. You know, we'd be laying there some nights and have to throw the blanket off, have to open up the what? It, it's insane. I mean, 25 degrees outside.
0: Yeah, that's cold as fuck dude that's like and that's it it's a different cold out there like living in colorado for a year like living being from the east coast and like yeah the east coast gets snow and you know dc and new york and they get snow but it's a different like out there it's a different animal man yeah it it's is so cold mm-hmm. that's it that's all i wanted to say about that <laughs> no. It is
1: so cold. Right here. i mean it, it's insane well, we we lingered around right around freezing here there when i landed it was like negative 18 or something in bozeman it was crazy cold and we're like well we have five days I better warm up and it did it was like you know right around 25 20 25 when we got inserted
0: that's crazy to be naked
1: so- in 25 degrees I was and you're was like- saying,
0: yeah like yeah that's not like and and isn't there like a, and the wind too though that's just a degree like the wind is like the killer of it because it's it's just smacking you over and over again.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just a wild challenge. And it's also amazing, Corey, how your body changes out there. Right. So like there's all these things that you you would never experience in life if you don't actually do the challenge. Things like how your night vision changes. Right. Like all of a sudden you'll be able to see like 20 feet in like pitch black darkness. You're like, where did this come from? Oh, wait, just adjusting to being out here. Or like the sense of smell, the sense of taste. Um, become really super keen um, but an, another one is like I don't I don't know if I ever shiver um, even when you, you saw me jump in the water
0: no, I know yeah yeah no is that episode five oh,
1: it would I think it was before that I think it's like episode three
0: or it's definitely it's definitely not three it's gotta be four then
1: okay so in I the think, lake uh, yeah 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 when you, yeah, you yeah, jump yeah, in that yeah, lake yeah yeah so I I got out of there and my body was so used to the cold my my producer's like, do you want to go in by the fire and get warm? I said, no, I want to do an interview. And then I want to take my shoes off and put them by the fire. So she's like, all right, well, let's go up and knock it out. But it's amazing that your body doesn't recognize it as being, you know, 20 degrees or 25 degrees outside. Right. I and mean, you're like, hey, let's, let's just do this. And I'm not shivering and I'm not cold. Um, but you just really do acclimate to those types of temperatures.
0: That's okay. So maybe you don't shiver because I saw a lot of people on that show that were doing interviews that couldn't even talk I know because, well, that's what I'm saying. Like when I, when we started this off, like when I watch you, I'm like, you, you literally are like, you're stone cold. You're just like, your interviews are like, yeah, we're just going to build a shelter. And there's some, and bear tracks and you know like you're just like bang bang and i'm just like yo you're not it's like you're not in 20 degree weather with right no clothes on like it's fucking crazy and so i'm like watching you and then i'm watching like other people like like yeah well uh, uh, uh and like they're literally shivering and can't talk and i'm like is something am i missing something like because gabby is like on a whole nother level right now
1: i don't know i don't know whether maybe i just compartmentalize things so well that i forget that i'm there i don't know
0: i agree it's what it looks like like when you watch it i'm not and like there's like like the big tall guy that was with the english or australian guy like like even those guys who are like physically like who should be okay we're having a hard time and i'm telling you and i'm not saying because i'm interviewing you because i know you right. and that, like it's every time i see you and it cuts you, you it's like it's fucking 80 degrees in a summer and you're eating a fucking popsicle like it's like <laughs> it's bananas
1: <laughs> It's, it's a mindset too. like you can either I know you're cold, but you can choose to recognize that you're cold or you can choose to recognize that the sunshine and it's a great day. Right. Right. Um, so I think maybe it's a choice. Maybe it's optimism. Like, I don't know, maybe it's, you know, just how you your perspective on things. Um, I think that's part of the reason Kai and I really meshed out there is because we had like similar survival perspectives. Like we're not going to dwell on stuff we can't change. We're not going to talk about how cold it is. We're not going to talk about not having food. Because those are things that we really don't have a whole lot of control over, right? Right. right. Um, especially, you know, we're going to go out there and change it. We're going to make it better tomorrow. And how are we going to do that? We're going to put better systems in place. We're going to make better clothing. We're going to, you know, find forage. We're going to find, you know, figure out a system to catch fish, things like that.
0: Right. No, that's opposite of me. At day one, I've been like, guys, I'm so cold. I'm hungry. Do we have any Doritos? Like, what's... Yeah. Like that's, that's literally me. Well, that's, I, I kind of want to talk about food too, because uh, I watched the one guy that like made the trap or whatever for the beaver. So the beaver, the hares, like all the things that were out there that were just like, I mean, to see him draw the bow and like, he almost got it like a couple times. Like, I know we talked about like, like animals out there and stuff like that last time I talked to you, but was there anything different about this one that made it either harder? Was it the cold or was it just the, The fact that like these like it's a rabbit like they're fast as hell um yeah i don't know like what was the experience for food out there as far as animals
1: so obviously we're we're constrained by the local hunting Mm -hmm. regulations and laws right so we were outside of like large game season so you're not going to see us going after the pronghorn that were there the moose the you know white-tailed deer the elk none of those things were within our purview right so we could trap like some small animals um beaver I think was on the list um rabbits so I saw one rabbit the whole time I was there and I was I was moving right so the fact that I only saw ever saw one well I saw other tracks places but I think it's they're just scarce and then when when you're also um trouncing around with a production team like that that one rabbit you take one shot at it and then it's like hey I'm done here yeah I'm, I'm out um so I think that was part of it Um, really, uh, you know, one of the biggest things out there was the fish and you'll see crayfish as well. Um, the rabbits, you know, if you, if you were lucky enough to get one, awesome. Um, we, they didn't show, but we should set a ton of snares. Um, that, that, that's like one of Kai's specialties. So she had really advanced snares out there and we didn't hit a damn thing.
0: What's a snare?
1: A snare. Sorry. What's what's that? Like a snare. So like a, like a loop that's going to catch a rabbit. Listen,
0: listen. There you go. All right. I'm not fucking smart with this stuff. Like snare. I'm thinking snare drum. Like.
1: I think there's probably some kind of linguistic similarity there, but I think it's um. So what she would do, she had these platform snares that basically had a little pedal set up, and when that pedal pushed down, it it snapped this spring mechanism, and springs obviously this you know circle that springs this piece of twig and you know, takes your rabbit six foot in the air and uh, hopefully snaps his neck. Um, so she, we, yeah, she was making straps like that. I'd go up with her, help him set them. Sometimes it's a two, man, a two man job to set those things, but none of our snares made it on there. So
0: wow. I guess they were good enough. That's crazy that, that, that you are able to do that with like what you have, like it's strength. Heat. It's crazy.
1: I mean, what's going to happen when the grid fails? You better learn this stuff, Corey.
0: Listen, no, I know exactly where I'm going i know where you live so that's fair <laughs> yeah i'm going to your fucking house right on the mason dixon Yep. yep. you'll yeah. probably be gone though like it's some bomb shelter just, huh we
1: can we're we're in a pretty nice high hilltop location oh, so yeah. we can, you know see them as they're coming up for us
0: yeah you're, you're good you're good i have a couple friends too like I, I strategically like like i have a buddy who's got like this cabin in west virginia that's in like like you can't even use a gps to get there and like the family that owns the farm and the land has like two generations of people that live on the property before you get to my buddy's property so like they know everybody that goes in and out of there so if if they don't know you they're like shotgun ready hey buddy what are you doing here like so like between you and him like i think i'm good like
1: Look, pick yeah. me up we're going there that sounds like a, a place <laughs> to hang on,
0: no, you would love it dude we were we were like driving like uh like four wheel i'm not like an outdoorsy like farm person like i i can't like i can do it like i can i can hang out and stuff like that but dude we went out to we went to dinner one night of course we were like buffalo wild wings uh which is like 30 minutes away from that, that house we get back and i'm like scared i'm like scared of snakes i'm like the biggest wuss of all time so like i we get back there and like, we walk up on the porch and they're like, oh, Corey, look, I'm like, dude, this fucking black snake was like, probably like, I'm exaggerating. It was like 30 feet long. In my mind, it was like 30 feet long. Right. It was probably like four feet long. Yeah. I, it was it, it's too big. I was like, I literally, we got to go. Like, I'm not staying. I'm not sleeping here. Like, if you think I'm sleeping here with the snake mm-hmm. outside, you're, you're wrong. Like, that, that's not happening. But it was really cool because like, I, I like hiking. I like going out in nature and stuff like that and one thing is like i um sometimes i carry like depending on where i'm going i'll carry my my firearm with me um because sure. i'm i'm like ready to rock um and i'll have like my little strap my little my little knapsack um just in case if any bears or anything like happens like that but um I, for me i don't know if you do this but because you're a little bit more like free like kind of free willed and kind of like you're more chill than i am but like i'm <laughs> always thinking for like okay, I'm like looking for something to happen or like to attack me or, or whatever. And it's like, it never happens. It's probably never going to happen. Um, but do you have any advice for people like me that like really like the outdoors? Um, because what I want to do, Gabby is like, when I got there, I want to like, like, relax, enjoy, you know what I mean? I'm too uptight for this
1: you need to like smoke some smoke some weed <laughs> or eat some creams i don't know you gotta chill out man <laughs> no uh, i'm, I'm kind of not joking i don't i honestly so I, I don't know i've never had anxiety in the woods that's where i go when to not have anxiety
0: right that's it <laughs> like i have like high anxiety just in like and i think like uh because when i live in colorado the elevation our house was at 7,500 feet elevation yeah. okay like i was having that's another reason why we kind of moved back to the east because it was a fucking struggle man like breathing yeah, yeah. out there is no joke and so like i think it's like
1: sixty-eight hundred feet or something like that we're in montana
0: work. where you guys were yeah. right yeah my house was at 70 so i'm walking up the stairs and i'm like <sighs> and then you know and then we go on a hike and it's like okay we're now we're thousand, but then like by the end of the hike we've gone up to like 10 12 thousand feet back down so anyway, and, and they don't have, so they don't have, they haven't had grizzly bears in Colorado since 1969. I looked it up. Um,
1: I didn't. I mean, it makes sense because I knew they weren't there now, but 1969, 1969
0: was, they- was the last sighting of a wild grizzly bear in Colorado. Wow. But the black bears will still kill you a, like two hours away from us in this uh, down South where we were in the Colorado Springs is where we lived. Uh, mm-hmm. A lady walked her dogs out and got eaten by a, back, by, by a black bear. Uh, the dogs came back, but the, the bear had two cubs, so it was like
1: that's awful lot. Though I mean, I can black bears are just relatively docile, at least compared right. to a right. Yeah, so that is she must have just set that bear off.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's like because it had cubs with it, and like the dogs oh, might. Be, yeah, that's what I think, and that's what I'm saying is like my biggest fear is is really is really like a grizzly bear. I feel like I could like kind of scare a brown or a black bear away, but like a grizzly bear, man, it's just a different. Different level, you know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, I think I would rather get attacked by a grizzly bear because at least they're gonna do you in real quick. Like,
0: (laughs) bear is kind of gonna play
1: with you, (laughs) you know? That's
0: true. Quite as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, grizzly bear would just like completely annihilate you. That would suck. Like, even think like, see, this is probably why though I get anxiety when I go in the woods because like, I think as you get older and you know things can happen you start to think about it. So I'm like, Oh, like during COVID me and Corinne, my fiance, we were like, Oh, let's take up hiking. This sounds great. And we go to Shenandoah Valley. It's like amazing. And blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, wait, like, uh, there's bears out here. There's mountain lions. Like we could get fucking eaten. Like there's crazy people.
1: So much more likely to get killed or maimed on the drive there. Okay. This is, true. this is true. And maybe like, you know, in your own home or like, there's, there's a whole lot more dangerous places in the world than, our, than the woods.
0: No, you're right. I live in, I live in Washington DC too. Now I live downtown, like in DC. So it's way more dangerous than the Shenandoah National Park. I can assure you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. Um, Let's talk about, I always wanted to know, like, kind of uh, I don't know if you make it all the way through. I haven't finished this the thing. I'm assuming you do. Cause you're, you're, you, um, what's your first meal when you get back? Like, are you out there craving like a T-bone steak and potatoes or like, wh- like, what's, what are you thinking about while you're out there? And then what was your first meal when you got back?
1: So I'm going to give you a spoiler here because <gasps> you haven't seen episode six, but the rest of the world kind of, they have, they, so, they're on it. Yeah. So I can say this, um, it was really odd because there are four different groups out there. They took, they take your orders, you know, like a couple of days before you get to the extraction point. Right. And so the production says, looks like you're going to make it, you know, let me write down what you're interested in. And then they go grocery shopping for that. Well, it's odd because all four groups kind of craved the same things. Um, so it's kind of maybe physi- physiological, those cravings that we have, we wanted high fat items, picture avocados, guacamole, um, meats like like fatty meats like salami and pepperoni and prosciutto and like uh cheeses and cheese sauce and nachos and some people wanted um salty things so obviously when you're in nature you don't have a whole lot of salt intake Mm -hmm. and it actually will fall off your electrolyte balance um especially if you're somebody that's like used to a, a lot of salt going out there your body like processes it all out and then all of a sudden Bam, no salt. I actually had a problem with that when I came back from my first one. But Mm. like, you'll see people like want cup of noodles because they want that saltiness. Um, Crackers. Um, What else? A lot of chips. Um, Yeah, I guess those were the big things. And then as soon as we got out, we wanted protein too. We wanted like, you know, two filet mignons and whatever, T-bone.
0: And they give give you anything you want.
1: They're pretty good. Yeah, they, they try and accommodate us.
0: Is this not a competition, <laughs> right? For money, is it?
1: Correct. It's not a competition for money. This, I think that's like one of the coolest <laughs> things about this show is that we do it because we love it, not for the money, because honestly, the money sucks.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, they're not gonna like, but I think of like, why don't you do like Survivor or something? You would fucking kill on that show.
1: I, you know, I grew up as a Survivor fan. My dad and I watched from like the time I was, when did it come out? I was like probably 12 years old or something. Um, So I always thought it was really, really cool. And then I saw Naked and uh, I was like, whoa, this is like next level Survivor. I could do this and I applied for it. But there's a lot of behind the scenes, I think like non-solicitation agreements. (laughs) So I know for a fact that um, Naked and, um, Naked and Alone, History Channels alone have a non-compete agreement. Um, they can't solicit each other's, you know, cast members. So it's not even worth applying for that one. Um, but because that's a badass show. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's really fun to watch those people set up, you know, set up to camp there for 100 days.
0: That's 100 days, that show?
1: 100 days.
0: Bro, fuck, no.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Hold, on, hold on, I'm lying to you. I don't think anybody's made it to the 100. I, would I, would I, I, it's something like if you make it to 100 days, you automatically get like a $500,000 prize money or something
0: hundred days that is like that's a quarter of a year that's like a little lesson like or a third of a year that's oh a hundred days i
1: can't. I think i could do that
0: you could talk though you could totally do this let's but listen
1: think about this though they always put you in a cold environment that's
0: hard at night too alone in the dark is that what was that one of them or something like that i don't
1: know i honestly were they it's a a bunch
0: yeah, I think they're like I seen it. I haven't seen the show. Like I've only seen Naked Afraid. And you
1: gotta like, watch one episode of Alone. It is really fun.
0: Are they by themselves?
1: They're hundred percent alone. They're not gonna run into anybody else. They're like you know in a whatever radius territory. Um, I think they film themselves, but it's pretty cool Sorry. because we'll they pop up with some like really cool facts. Um, but here's the thing: so it's a competition show. So whoever outlasts the other participants, mm-hmm. um, they win, they get the prize money at the end. So how, what a mind game it must be to be out there and think, wow, there's some other jerk out here. That's going to stay for like, you know, they, they can live out here. They might live, they might stay out here for three years. Right. So am, am I willing to be away from my family to beat this other person out for that length of time? And I think that's the, like the mind struggle you, you probably have to face
0: do you know do they tell you do they know like okay there's five people out here do they tell you when people are eliminated
1: i don't think so so i i don't watch a whole lot of tv but i've seen like just a couple episodes here or there and uh, i don't think they tell you i think you you're just staying until you're the last person
0: that's like like a mind like you're right like that would just because you're waiting for the the other other person
1: person. it would be like impossible um but I think I, if I could take my family with me and I could subject them all to the freezing cold, yeah, yeah right, floor, things would be all right.
0: Yeah, I don't think your husband's not into this stuff, though, is he?
1: Not on the same level. He's more like somewhere between you and me, Corey. He's like, <laughs> you know, he likes to go out, but he also likes to have protein bars. You know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think he's he's from Tijuana, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I remember we were talking.
1: i going mean, to there, though. What's that? so that's a different kind of survival
0: oh dude that place is fucking insane i know he knows uh he used to be in a band with ed 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 uh ed's manifesto on instagram um yeah, yeah i remember him telling me that and i was like holy yeah, shit i was i've been trying to get ed on forever um that's so funny yeah that's a whole nother world down there dude that's like a, I mean they have like i mean it's crazy that's one thing like um san diego is like one of the most expensive beautiful places on the planet and it's 20 miles from fucking the tijuana border like it's like
1: i mean it goes right up to it i mean yeah, one side, you know, if you look at the metro it's split in half and the bottom half of the circle is tj and the top half is san diego and it's, it's crazy it's insane
0: and, and one side is literally like a fucking war zone basically
1: right it's, now it is too. Have you seen the news
0: recently? It's so bad. They have like burning cars, like blockading people from coming and going. Like the cartels were yeah. really taken over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody high profile got arrested and all hell has broken loose down there right now. Did visit? My brother-in-law down there and they're like subject to curfews and all kinds of stuff.
0: That's so scary, man. And there's no laws down there. They don't, it's not, it's lawless, yeah. but it's just crazy. Cause you're like, this place you drive through, you know go through la jolla and you're like oh my god it's so amazing and you're like literally 30 minutes <laughs> south there's people fucking getting you know their hands chopped off by machete it's fucking it's crazy dude it's really? insane but and here you are outside in the wilderness naked and afraid <laughs> jesus christ um let me ask you what's like okay so when they fly you in and they take you to the place we talked about this a little bit before but kind of like What's going through your head? I feel like you don't have any, there's no like shame in anyone's game. They know why they're there. The name of the title is naked and afraid, obviously. So like, what's like your mindset when you're like having to do that in front of people that you've never met?
1: What like the getting undressed part? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first time I did it, I didn't know if I'd be able to get undressed. And then the, you know, within like somebody asked this the other day, I think it takes like 12 minutes for you to forget that you're naked and not care anymore. Because you're, you know, you have so many other priorities, and you're like, look, I have exactly like four hours and fifteen minutes before the sun goes down. So uh, right now, I don't care that I'm naked, and I'm gonna start sacking debris, and I'm gonna start building a shelter, and I'm gonna strike a fire up, and like, you have all of these priorities, and it really is amazing because like a survival brain comes out, the survival mentality comes out, and you start just, you know, whipping up all these things that you're gonna do and, and trying to survive out there. Um, so you forget about being naked real quick, and then I think, like the second and then the third and the fourth time, and how, you know, I don't care anymore. <laughs> um this time it's gonna be different because I'm like, get these clothes off, and then how fast can we get down this hill? and right. no, we're not taking any cuts. like we're just going. Um but yeah, I, I don't think about it anymore. I don't care. I like, you know, I'm probably the closest I've ever been to being a nudist because honestly, I don't care. You know, I yeah. spent. 96 days naked in the wilderness. And, you know, it is what it is at this point.
0: Damn. What's the craziest, now that you've done this, what's the craziest place that you've done it?
1: Who craziest? Um, oh,
0: okay. What was the hardest?
1: Oh, man, they're all hard for different reasons. So it makes it hard. Like, it's, it's a hard thing to like evaluate. Sure. Um, Actually, it was hard because I went like 14 days eating like six, like baby frogs and two mm-hmm. potatoes. So that's a really long time to be starving. Um, I lost like 25 pounds in 15 days or 14 days rather. Um, that, that was pretty extreme. And it was also pretty cold. My partner tapped out. So you got the sleep deprivation working against you. So that was hard. The Mississippi bugs, that's also hard. And like, you know, I have my whole family's military, but I don't have, I'm not embarrassed to say like, I have mosquito PTSD. Right. Um, like I, the first mosquito comes out and they like, look at me, I, I start shaking and i run for my deep pan and it's horrible i hate mosquitoes now i'll never go to mississippi yeah you know so bad
0: but but this one wasn't the worst the hardest no this
1: is probably my easiest challenge
0: what are you serious No,
1: i'm lying the philippines was was kind of like living in paradise but um there were some really hard parts the first beach we were on in the philippines was very difficult we had a lot of like really difficult changes in location where we're like migrating basically through different parts of this ecosystem. And the, you know, we had hikes that were like six and seven miles and we're like 35 days into a challenge. Things like that were difficult, but um, I still think this was my easiest challenge. Wow.
0: That's uh, because you you kind of carry yourself in every, in every time, every challenge you do the same way. Like what I saw was like how you always are. So that's interesting that you said that because It looked like it was easy for you. It really did.
1: I had a good mindset going out into this one.
0: Yeah, you were ready.
1: Yeah, I was ready. And honestly, when I got the call about this, I thought to myself, so this guy called Peter Higgins, he's like the casting director. And he, when he wants you to come do a show, he just calls you and says, hey, can you come do this one? I got, we got a really cool concept. I'm like, all right, shoot, tell me what it's about. And, um, you know, he explained the concept. And I was like, oh, this sounds horrible. I don't even like walking to my car in the cold weather. I hate the cold. And um, then I thought about it and I was like, you know what, this is a real challenge. And I think after you've done a couple of these, what you want is like the high you get from the challenge, right? It's like you keep searching and keep like just going back for more because it tests you and it puts you outside of your comfort zone and you realize that that's where you grow as an individual and that's, you know, it's those experiences that make you a better person so that's what i go for and when he said it's going to be like 20 degrees when you get there i'm like hmm i hate being cold so let's go do it um because i think this is going to be a real challenge for me and the crazy part was i got out there and i was freezing i was like hating life those first couple days even in like my little north face jacket and then it's like take you know you strip down you take this off and you're like i can do this it's all right you know you take that same mentality i think that's like the mark of a really like like seasoned like somebody that's a good survivalist is it doesn't matter you blindfold me and you drop me anywhere and you know you give me give me two items um because there's certain things that are really difficult to get going um you know depending on where you're at you know that those items would would be different but drop drop you anywhere and if you can survive that's you know you really have made it right um i think why i love kai so much is that she is so practiced. Like for, for 20 years, she's been living it. Um just right. practicing survival techniques, reading every book in the in the industry, um, you know, traveling all around the world. She's been to Amazon like five times to survive. Bro. Um yeah, I mean how badass, right? I
0: like
1: um, yeah.
0: I can't fact no. Like, no, what? Like I just feel like I like that's though, that's badass. Like I'm not badass. Like I'm not like uh I you would have to paint me. And even then, I'm like, "Listen,
1: Corey, you got a free trip to the Amazon. You want to go?
0: Hell no, no, no. My my buddy got his uh his black belt in jujitsu a couple mm-hmm. years back, and he's like, he's like okay. an owner in one of the, he owns a bunch of schools in Maryland, uh, yeah. And he got it in, and he was going in Bra- to Brazil to get it because it's like, yeah. what's where his master is. And he literally asked me, hey, bro, free trip to Brazil. It's going to be amazing. I just want you to kind of like film because I do film and stuff. He's like, oh,
1: yeah, of course.
0: Film my experience. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm not going to Brazil. Like, and because I I didn't know what to expect. And like every time someone's offered me a position like this, it's like I did this. I went to Africa one time. Um, Right. I did a documentary. It was great. Like I was living like, but I went to Sierra Leone, which is like one of the poorest countries on the planet. And okay. it was a culture shock. And I was like, I, I knew I was taken care of because it was kind of like, it's I was doing a, it was for a university. So I knew I was like in a, in a legit situation. I didn't know what to expect. And I'm like, I'm not trying to like be in no hut in Brazil. Like, I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like, I want like let me get my Netflix, my bed and my more blankie. <laughs> and like, I, I'm not trying to, and Brazil's kind of wild anyways. uh, uh- like they're lawless too so i was like you know what i'm not about to go do this but anyway i i turned that down but i mean he went and it was amazing and it was like awesome and i and i was like envious and i'm like i was having so much fomo because i'm like fuck they look like they're having a really good time down there dude it sucked but i don't know amazon's different
1: (laughs) well uh yeah yeah i'm i would die for it i mean i've never been to south america and it's when people ask like where would you want to do another challenge that's definitely the top of my list. I want to see the Amazon so bad. I want to survive there. Right, um, but Africa's always at the top too because Africa. Well, first of all, every part of Africa is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only ever been in like the Eastern Cape of South Africa, but I, w- I definitely want to explore.
0: Yeah, no. um, I do too.
1: It's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's the birthplace of humanity, right? So right.
0: motherland. Been- no, I, you're you're right. You do want to go. I do want to travel and go there, but like I'm talking like first class flight
1: at the giraffe resort yeah yeah i I can't get yeah
0: exactly i can't get dropped (laughs) off naked and afraid and be like okay here's a fucking stick and some uh i don't know something have a good time yeah i'll I'll figure a way to do something with it but um two more questions i'll let you go one how is what's the process for you and your husband to discuss this you get a call from the producer and you're like hey I'm gonna go to this place in Montana for 14 days. It was a short one, I think. Yeah, um, that is short.
1: So that's short good. for
0: you. So it's like, how was that? And how does it affect your like your home life?
1: So I, I mean, I honestly get one of these calls, I don't know, three times a year. Wow. Um. So at this point, it's like, babe. They're- <laughs> they're calling, they're calling, can I take the call? And then he's like, yeah, hear what they have to say. And then I talk to him. (laughs) And then he says, all right, so tell me what they want. I'm like, well, they want 60 days in Louisiana. Are you interested? And he's like, well, I know how happy it makes you. So I guess you can go. And then I like scramble around and like, try and figure out whether I can do it, whether I can't do it. My work is usually like, mm-mm, you got other things to do. Like we pay you a good salary. But um, so 14 days is like my sweet spot because I can say, you guys, I got plenty of PTO and uh, I'll work weekends right. when I get back. And um, they're like, all right, well, we can't do anything about it. You know, so. Um, but no, my husband, like the first one. Actually, we weren't together yet. We we had a little boy at the time, but he was living on the other side of the of the country and we were trying to work things out, but long distance was really hard at the time. So I had just started law school and like things were crazy. So I did number one without his permission, um, or blessing, <laughs> or or even his his acknowledgement. Yeah. And number and then he actually moved himself out to Maryland while I was on my first challenge, which oh, is wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. but um he needed to take care of our, our little boy because he was like visiting you know every couple of weeks he came out quit his job on on his way here and he started applying for jobs while i was gone and um took a job like he interviewed like two days after i got back from africa on my first challenge and he's been here ever since so i think that's like i don't know seven ish years ago wow um yeah, so that's, you know, that's our, our love story. is based on Naked and Afraid. Um, so so <laughs> who knows crazy. if we would ever like if anything ever would have worked out if I didn't say, hey, by the way, you need to come take your take care of your son. So that's I can true. That that's um, true, yeah.
0: Thank you, Naked and Afraid.
1: Yeah, it all worked out for everybody. Now we have three beautiful little boys. Yeah. And um, so things worked out well. And um, yeah, So and also after I came back from that first one and then the second one happened, Obviously, there's like a, a period of anxiety when you know you're taking care of three kids by yourself, or you know, your your wife's about to be naked on television. And how is that going to be received? And how the, how is the edit going to make her look? And all of those things, like there's anxiety involved. But he also realizes like what a transformative experience it is for me. And he, you know, I think it's really important that in a relationship, in a partnership, that we support whatever the other person's interests are. So my husband's a musician, and you know, I would never say, you can't you can't play in a band anymore it's really cutting into our our, our time right? right no if if being a musician makes you feel alive and that is your passion in life please be a musician and if being a survivalist or even a made-for-tv survivalist uh or traveling the world or doing whatever my hopes dreams and aspirations are if that's what makes me happy he's 100 percent behind that so i think it's it works out for both of us
0: that's awesome that's 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 what you need you know you don't, if. God forbid, man. And like, I know there's probably other couples out there who knows that are like, I hate when there are other, you know, there's significant others out doing this and stuff like that. But that's pretty cool that you guys have that kind of relationship. And that's funny that naked and afraid basically like kind of forced it. Yeah. Like forced him to come. That's crazy. Well, how does like, last question, I'll let you get out of here. What's the, so you're an attorney. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because I would never thought you were an attorney, because like, not that attorneys can't be survivalists, but you're just like, it kind of makes sense, actually. Because uh, like, you're a badass in the wild. So I'm pretty sure you're a badass in the courtroom or whatever you're doing as an attorney. But how is sure. the 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 kind of will to continue and to do these, these challenges over and over and over again? Has that helped you in, in your like actual real day-to-day life?
1: So it's like a chicken before the egg thing, I think. So I'm a very goal oriented person. So if I set my mind is I am going to graduate on, you know, May 15th of 2017. Um, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to, it doesn't matter if I'm getting two hours of sleep, I'm going to study for my exams. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, do put all these pieces of the puzzle together. And, you know, I, I said it, I've said it before, but you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? It's it's one bite at a time. Right. And it's remembering, you know, every day we're taking bites. We're trying to eat that whole elephant. We're getting closer and closer to that finish line. I love that feeling personally. And I love accomplishing goals. So, you know, being an attorney was a goal for me. Passing the bar was a goal for me. Every time I go out on a Naked and Afraid challenge, the goal is the finish line. I'm not going to be taken out of there, like, aside from maybe on a stretcher, right? So I'm not going to give up um, on any goal or aspiration that I really set my mind to. So to me, it's not necessarily that naked and afraid has helped me with like my legal career. What it, what it is, is I'm a person that loves those goals and loves like just accomplishing things. Um, so it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if I'm out right now, like we've renovated my, my farmhouse, I actually bought it for my dad, but it was Mm -hmm. like an 1801 farmhouse. Um, how, sorry, built in 1801. And, um, you know, if my goal is I'm going to reside, like reseal the sides of my garage. I'm gonna buy all the materials. I'm gonna learn how to side garages and I'm gonna put it up. And that's it, doesn't matter what like what the goal is, I'm gonna make it happen. I Um,
0: bet you fucking will, dude. Like you're dude, you're savage. You're definitely oh my gosh. Well then when I when I need help with stuff, if I need help building a garage or going in the wilderness
1: you know where we're
0: at we're not that far we're not No, i'm back i'm back no you're you're like in my neck of the woods too like where i'm from so like that's like i know exactly i know i used to drive past your house all the time didn't even know it yeah that's your dad's house you grew up in that
1: house yes i actually grew up in this house i moved here in 1998 and then we rented it from him and then we eventually bought it from him maybe five years ago or something wow Um, yeah, and you know we're constantly doing work. We just like fenced in, like I don't know, three more acres, put it in a big paddock, put in a swimming pool, like, and we're all DIY. So <laughs> that's like Holy my shit. my uh, my side is just you know, I look, I want crown molding my house. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna go buy a miter saw and I'm gonna put up crown molding. And that's just how we live.
0: <laughs> right. That's yeah. Your dad's fucking awesome, dude. Well, we met him. He, he is cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a good guy, dude. His fucking beard is like
1: mm-hmm.
0: well at least when i saw him he had like his insane beard he actually
1: just it off but he has hair like down yeah here yeah you know. yeah he is the nicest dude he is just the nicest person he's so, very nice yeah he was cool. we're, we're fortunate to have him
0: yeah, yeah close. does he live by is he close by
1: so actually when we bought the farm we um put a we have like a i don't know oversized like four-car mm-hmm. garage mm-hmm. and we cut it in half and we put an apartment out in the garage
0: nice so he's right yeah, there yeah
1: so he's super close my kids go like can we go out to the man cave and they go spend evenings with him it's really cool
0: that's awesome good for him that's awesome i'm so so happy yeah i say he loves him yeah yeah and like taking him out there like he used to take you out to places and all that stuff is probably awesome
1: like holding his little hand and like they go out and look at the butterflies and you know walk around a pond and look at turtles and all that kind of stuff yeah. That's what, that's what my childhood was. So
0: Right. Yeah. I know. I remember you telling me that it was just like that's awesome that you can kind of pass that down to like your sons and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Are you are you trying for a girl? Are you going to get a do you want a girl? Mm-hmm. No. Uh nope.
1: all right. Yeah. <laughs> I funny. have my honorary girl. Number 3 is my honorary girl. All and right. um yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, I'll
1: have to live vicariously through some somebody else with a girl.
0: Right, right. No. I just figured you, would. you know if you if you had one it'd be like another fucking badass but are you gonna try to get your kid your sons into like kind of they already I love just, nature for sure
1: my oldest one is very much like tech kind of kid he loves I, you know he's a gamer he's a computer person he's an oculus person um he loves like you know, getting his hands on latest technology. So he's eight, he's getting ready to start third grade. And then my two and a half year old, he's still mesmerized by the woods. And I'm hoping I can keep him that way. Um, You know, I'll pick up crayfish and snakes and stuff. And actually my eight year old has gotten into it a little more. Like I'll catch a snake and he'll say, mom, I want to hold it. So that's pretty cool. Right. right. Um, And my little one is still just like eating beetles off the ground. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he's my littlest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's so cute. That's awesome. Well, I know it's late. It's ten o'clock. I'll let you get back to your family, but I really appreciate you uh, coming on again and and telling me about your latest experience.
1: Yeah, for sure, Corey. Um, Well, enjoy episode six, and um, you know, let me know what you think.
0: Where can people find you and kind of reach out to you if they if they want to? So
1: I'm I'm all over the internet. So if you Google me, you're going to find me on Instagram. You're going to find me on on Facebook, um, if you you look up my real name, so it's Gabrielle Bellison, mm-hmm. um, you will find me all over the internet. I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else. And we're also, um, Kai and I have done like a little bit of a book tour. Can I show you a book? Please. Hold on, hold on. That's actually a box of books right here in front of me. Look at that. So mm, Kai, <laughs> Kai and I um, just finished a book tour or we're a little bit around the country, but we're probably gonna go on a second one here at the end of November. And this is the beautiful guide that she wrote. So this is Survive by Kai Fernow, and it's 637 pages. It's like a survival Bible. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's really impressive. There's like beautiful illustrations inside. So she wrote all the content, took all the pictures, and then her publishers put it together with like beautiful diagrams wow. and like illustrations. Um, it's it's as good as, if not better than the SAS survival guide, um, which I've had since I was a little kid. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a badass book. Um, so I suggest people get their hands on a copy of that, especially if you're thinking about doing one of these survival challenges. Um, but yeah, find me on the internet. I'm always around. Um, you never know what might happen next. So, you know, always talking to cool people about doing cool projects.
0: I was gonna say, happens. what, what is next? Do you, do you have any idea? You're like taking a break for now? Cause you just did this.
1: I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I thought long and hard about this next Excel challenge, but you'll see it. And um, I, I, you know, it just, I, I wasn't sold on it. So um, I don't think you're going to see me out there. Right. But you know, I might change my mind. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know. I, I would like to produce content. Um, I don't know what that content looks like exactly. Um, but I think the world needs, like more, more, strong female role models, like doing things other than, you know, cooking and makeup.
0: Right. No, dude, a hundred percent. You should totally do that. You should do a podcast and you and the other girl, dude, you could listen, hit me up.
1: Right. I got to I gotta get some tips and tricks. You got to yeah, tell me all that no, I
0: got it. you. I got you. I got you. Definitely. And also I'll put, uh, you know, all your links and everything in the bio. And then uh, the link Perfect. is, you can get the book on Amazon, right? I think.
1: Yeah, you can get it all over the place. Anywhere books are sold.
0: All right, well, and I think- Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's another episode for the E4 Explosive Podcast. We'll see you next time.